0: Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I
1: guess we'll never know.
2: Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name's Daquan Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you
0: doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good, man excited as always to get on another episode of overstepping poverty and highlight another special guest today how are you doing
2: I am doing great uh, this past week I just uh, I kind of just moved into a new pivotal moment in my life and okay. that's starting a uh, a goal of mine and that's 75 hard everyone's heard of it I'm mm-hmm. sure. And uh, I finally just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to lie. My brother and my sister did it. And so I'm like, I can't be the only one in the family that hasn't done it. Right. So um, I've been tackling that. And the last few days have been, it's been tough. It's a mental mm. game. It's you're, you're breaking different habits, like bad habits that you've had for a long time, bad habits that I've had for a long time. So, yeah. But it feels good. It feels good. So I'm, I'm a few days in. So I just now I can't wait to just
0: finish it. I'm right. excited. So you got this, bro. Yes, sir. Got this. Yes, sir. Well, I want to hop in and I want to introduce our special guest today. He is a father. He is a husband. Um, he comes from California, Southern Cal. He's a lot of things. But in here in Two Falls, he's known as the owner of preaches downtown. Welcome, Jonathan Vasquez. Welcome. Hey,
1: yo, what up, guys? Thanks for having me, man. It's been it's been a crazy journey. Yeah, absolutely. And when you hit me up, I was like, yo, this is dope. I like I made it, mom. You hey, <laughs> made it we to appreciate
0: overstepping that. poverty. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on as we were just talking a little bit ago. You know, I think I've known of you for a little over a year. Um, I know you guys are getting ready to start your business. Um, and we'll get into all of that. I'm really excited to hear about preaches and and let, you know, our listeners know about you guys as well. But I want to kind of take it, you know, to the beginning for you, right back to California as a young, you know, child, take us through that. What was it like growing up in Southern California?
1: It was crazy. You know what I mean? Growing up, you know what I mean? My mom's from Guatemala, my dad's from Puerto Rico. So, you know what I mean? Okay. You know, a parent that's immigrant, you know what I mean? Growing up, um, you know, in the San Diego area, I grew up in S- Southern California. Right. And I was thinking about, you know, just overstepping, you know, poverty and what that means. And I mean, just like, you know, I, I grew up, you know, I don't I don't want to say I grew up in poverty, but I mean, I mean, now that I think about it, you know, sometimes we didn't even know what our next meal was going to be. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, coming, I remember growing up, you know, I go to school with, with fake Jordans on, you know, the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'd, I know I flex them like they, they were real, but mm-hmm. they weren't. You know, I grew up in that, but you know, one thing that I can say is a lot of those moments were challenging. Like, I can't remember one time where we didn't have a meal on the table. You know, right. we always had a roof over our head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes our only meal that we had was because my parents took us to Boys and Girls Club. Mm. And, and they knew, look, like, if we put them in Boys and Girls Club, at least they're being fed there. Right. You know, so, but the, the, that was that dope thing that seeing my parents sacrifice and the things that they did. Helped me to be where I am now, right? You know what I mean. So for me, you know, as I as I look back and think about, you know, I'm 35 years old now, and just to see the challenges and the things that my parents have gone through, um, to give us a better life, you know, I feel like to a certain extent I owe them that, right? You know what I mean? I, like they they worked their butt off, mm-hmm. they sacrificed so many things, so many sleepless nights, nights where they didn't eat just to make sure we ate. Right. I'm like yo, I have a responsibility to make something of my life and and leave a legacy that outweighs me. You know what I mean? So that's growing tough. up in California, it was, it was it was tough, but it was dope. You know what I mean? As kids, you know, I think kids you don't think about those things. You know, the parents are the ones that worry about all oh, the bills and this and that. And man, we were just right. living living life. <laughs> hey, man, if I was outside just playing with my friends, that's all we needed. You know what I mean? Oh. So until I started getting a little bit older, into my teenager years, I really started realizing, yo, this is tough. You know what I really really right. what was going on. And I think those moments were really when I realized, okay, we're not part of this class. We're, mm-hmm. we're here, mm-hmm. but like I said, I always go back to that. That in the midst of that, we always had what we needed. Right. You know what I mean. And for me, that's something that I always take away, knowing that you know my parents did the best that they could. Yep. And even as I think about over overstepping poverty, for me, it's there's so much more that goes into that word. Right. And sometimes we we think of poverty and quick, it goes to. This I'm broke, This and that, but man, there's so much to unravel in that word that we can we can be rich in this area, but be so poor in this. And yep, yep. sometimes this can outweigh that. Mm-hmm. Right. Money comes and goes, you know. And so that really just got me thinking. And I'm like, yo, like I want to be rich in my life, but holistically, right? Not just where yo, I'm I'm rich here, but man, this place is starving over here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it really got me thinking. As I was thinking about how I and how I've grown up. It's really helped me shape who I am now. You know what I mean? Right as a husband and as a father. And I have a five-year-old daughter. Her name is Zoe. and Then my wife, uh, we've been married. We got married in November 2015. A week later, we moved to Sioux Falls. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go. So, how did you get here? So, yeah, so how we got here, I would say, is my wife's fault. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> my wife, you know, she played soccer her whole life. Um, long story short, she ended up getting a, a scholarship to come play soccer at um, SDSU. Okay. Um, and the original plan was for her to finish soccer and then... You know, we moved back. I was working back then at Northwestern Mutual. Okay. Financial advisor doing all my things to do that. And I was like, all right, you go finish school. We'll, you know, we live in San Diego. We'll have a good career and all that good stuff. Right. So we moved up here. She was doing her thing in soccer. I ended up getting an injury playing soccer. So she had to stop that. But she just focused on school, mm. finish her bachelor's. And then she it was like, you know what? She's like, I want to finish my master's. I'm already here. I'll finish my master's. And then the plan was her finish her master's and then we'd get married. OK, so I remember one Sunday afternoon she calls me and she's like, hey, Jonathan, like, would you ever just out of the blue, just randomly? She's like, would you ever consider moving to Sioux Falls? And I remember I was like, heck no. <laughs> was, the first thought that came to me, I was like, I'm Hispanic. I know that's in the Midwest. It probably isn't the, right. you know, much Hispanics out there. <laughs> and so for the longest time I fought it. Uh, <laughs> but now looking back at it, man, we've like I said we got married in November 2015 and then we moved here a week later. We've been our whole time we've been married. We've pretty much been here. Wow. Um, I wouldn't change it. You know, everything works itself out for a purpose, and you know we're here now. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I have to ask. I mean, what is your kind of the toughest part of that move? I mean, picking up and leaving home base. Yeah. You know, what really kind of when you think back to it, you're just like,
1: oh yeah, for sure. I miss I mean, this. I miss I that. I don't even need to think about that. For, first of and foremost, the food. Yeah. As you guys can see, I'm not that slim, but man, I love my food. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, people that live in California, if you're from California, you live in California, you're spoiled. Right. Because you have all types of food and everything is bomb. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's what I joke right now. I I miss the food, but the number one thing that I do, I'm a big relational guy.
2: Mm -hmm. Everything that
1: I do, I, I try to be intentional and relational. And, and, and back home, I was really involved in my community, my work community, my mm. faith community. And just in the community, I was really involved. And for me to let go of that, just like that, and be like, move to the Midwest. It's not like if I'm moving right. like an hour or two away. You know, I'm moving, you know what I mean, across the country. Right. right. So for me, that was the hardest part. And then leaving my whole family. My whole family was back in home. You know, I was just going to be my wife and I. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm literally wow. leaving everything behind. Mm-hmm. not not even knowing what's out there not even having a job man you know what i mean I, I knew that i can always transfer with northwestern mutual and this and that but that wasn't something that i was even passionate about right i was doing it because i knew that hey there's i can make a career out of it it's safe you know blah 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 but it wasn't something that i was passionate about yeah so that that was like a plan b for me like okay if i go out there and i don't find anything i can always do what i you know did with northwestern mutual and whatnot but for me, that would I would say that that was the hardest part, you know, yeah. leaving my my just the relationships that I built, you know what I mean, and my community. Um, I remember, yeah, like the week before I would I was gonna move, I was just in my room, I was just crying, yeah. like yo, like I'm really gonna leave this, like my family, my friends, everything. And for me, that was so hard, you know, to, to leave that behind, knowing that I don't know what's what's to come and what's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but I did know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a relational guy, so because of that, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to then what am I going to do to build those relationships? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? When I'm out there to kind of just help change my perspective on that, of not focus on the negative, but then try to turn that and be like, okay, this is where we're at. We know that this is what's best for us now. You know what I mean? And try to change that perspective.
0: Yep, I like that because I know there's probably somebody that's going to listen to this. That is kind of at that same crossroad, right. Of Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, should I go do this or should I stay, you know, I have my whole life here, you know, what would you say to some of those people that are on the fence? What was something that really helped you come to terms with that?
1: For sure, I mean, and I hear that from a lot of people that live here in the Midwest. Um, they're born and raised. They're not leaving because they're all they know, their family's here. You know, and, and I get it. You know what I mean. But I, so I, but I've seen how a lot of people have lost opportunities for things because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And and for me, in that, what what I would say to that is like we're all afraid of the unknown and the uncertainties. As human right. beings, I want If I'm going to go right, I know what's going to be here. If I'm going to go left, I know what's going to be here. The moment we don't know that, we freak out. Mm. You know what I mean. But to me, to that is like, yo, like things are already planned out for us. You know what I mean. And everything, things happen for a reason. Right. So if I know that, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this big step, and I might be leaving all this behind, but it's, it's not going to be in vain. It's going to be worth it. You know what I mean. Right. And, and at the end of the day, and I was just talking about it with my, a good friend of mine who lives in Arizona, we're on the phone. As I'm getting older, I, I don't see things as mistakes. I see them as experiences. Yeah. You know, so even say, oh, I move out and say I come to find out that wasn't the best decision or I shouldn't. It, for me, it's an experience, and I feel that one way or another, I can always learn something through that. Yeah, for It'll sure. It'll help me. You know what I mean? So if that means that I have to come back or whatever that may be, that's not the end. Right. You know, it's not, oh, I didn't make the right choice. My life is over. Um, no, okay. I, what did I learn from this? And it's never too late, you know what I mean. So that's how you know I would just say that, you know what I mean. It's never too late, and it's, take take it as an experience. Right. I yeah. like that. As that's well.
2: a that's a very powerful outlook, and that's one thing we always talk about on the podcast. It's it's all about your perspective, yeah, you know, and and that can make or it can break you because you could have had a, a terrible experience out yeah. here just because if you're leaving everything, and if in your head the entire time you're like this is not going to go well. This is not yeah. going to go well. Well, the things that we think typically become true, you know, yeah, it's exactly, I said in our previous yeah. episode where Bob Proctor, he said a quote that always just stuck with me. And that's, if you think it, you'll be able to hold it, yeah. you know? That's good. And so, and I, I always believe in that. Exactly. So if you're, if you're thinking negative, it's gonna end up being negative. If you 100%. think it's positive, it's gonna be positive. Yeah, I heard it
1: said, like, you know, it's if I believe a lie for so long, that'll become my truth and my reality. Mm-hmm. the longer I believe that this wall right here is, if it's a wood wall, I believe it's red. And I keep telling myself that's what I'm gonna believe, mm-hmm. even if there's evidence that it isn't. Yep. That's how just powerful our mind is. Yep. So right. I think, yeah, perspective is so huge on how am I looking at this. And I know it might sound cliche, and people have said it. Am I looking at the, at the, at the glass half empty or half full?
0: Yep. Speaking of mindset. How has the mindset changed for Jonathan, you know, seven days, a week before November 20th, 2015, and now? What's the difference between that, Jonathan, and this one today?
1: Oh, man. For me, it's 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 so much it's unpack in that, especially those that are fathers know. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, just having Zoe, my little girl, has just changed my life drastically. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think, too, is, and I still am, I'm still working on it, but I was a lot... A lot more selfish, mm. you know what I mean, back then than, than what I am now, you know what I mean. As I said I'm still working through that because I can still be selfish at times, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say I was a lot more selfish back then, and now realizing where it's not just about me, like the decisions that I make now don't just affect me, mm-hmm. right? They immediately will affect my wife, my daughter, and mm-hmm. even more so, you know, the people that are on our team, and all that. It's like I'm realizing that now more, yeah, not that back then. That my decisions didn't affect more people. Now I'm just aware of that. Right. Like, you know my decisions now affect more than just me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People that I might not even know. You know what I mean? So, for me, is I've grown in that just to try to be more aware, more intentional. Yeah. So back then I didn't really care. I was trying to live it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. But I think for me that that's been a big thing being more aware of you know the decisions that I make now will affect not just me but a lot more.
0: Yeah, so that yeah. self awareness is yeah. definitely big.
2: I kind of want to move a little bit forward here. Um, obviously, you stated you moved here to Sioux Falls. It sounds like you, when you were a financial advisor, when you moved to Sioux Falls, you weren't doing that anymore.
1: To be honest, I, I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing that, and um, as you get to know me, you know, faith is a big part of mine. My wife was really pl- plugged in into a church here locally, and what I did was I I, I came and I interned at that church. Mm. I interned for that summer, and then. Um, at the end of the internship that summer, they offered me a full-time position. Nice. And so I went on and did that for seven years. Yeah. So wow. So for me, like I said, it was like, yeah, when we came over here, you know, it would be a lot easier if I had a job, if we had this and we had that. We didn't. You know right. what I mean? But like I said, I knew I had this plan B. And, and I'll touch on that later on. But, like, to me, it's like I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I not that, Not just that I didn't want to do that. I knew that I wasn't called to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a safety net for me. And right. so, you know, I took this opportunity and I was just, you know, blessed enough that I got that opportunity. And, you know, they offered me a full time position when that internship ended and was there seven years until I came, came off of that That's you know, crazy. To, to open preaches.
0: That's amazing. Uh, that is really amazing cuz you never you didn't know. No, I didn't know that that was going to yeah, happen.
1: It would have made the decision a lot easier if I would know that. <laughs> right. You know, if right. I, yep. well, I got this set up, it'll be fine. No, I didn't, I didn't know that and took that leap of faith and and you know trusted that God had a plan in that. Yeah. Um even though I couldn't see it. You know what I mean? Knowing that okay, God you have a plan whatever that is, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see it come and, Yeah. And and eventually, you know, we did.
0: Yeah. With your faith being so big and important to you, how have you kept that faith in your life with all those changes? You know, uh, moving here, having a child, starting a business—like, how has faith guided you through all of those things?
1: You know, for me, I'd say that's that's the only thing. Mm. Like, and what I mean by that is, like, yo, if I didn't have that, I, I don't know where I would be. You know what I mean? That mm. that knowing that, yo, I know, regardless of all the uncertainty, regardless of the unknown, I know I have this here. Right. And whatever that may be to anybody, you know, it was like for me, that was a huge thing where I know like in the midst of not knowing, I know that I have this. Right. And so that was the thing that really helped me move forward and knowing, okay, things might not look the way I wanted them to right now, or I don't even know what they should look like, but I know I have this. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can go to that and count on that. Right. And for me, that was a pillar in my life early on since we moved to Sioux Falls knowing, okay, I have this, I know everything else will work itself out. Right. And so for me, my faith was, that's, that's everything, you know what I mean? Like, that's just part of who I am, you know right what am. I mean? Uh, for me, and, and I say this in in all humbleness and everything, and it's not something that I do, it's just part of who I am, yeah. you know what I mean? That was very instrumental in my life, and especially in the season of moving to Sioux Falls, was I knew that I had that anchor there, Yeah. so then I knew everything else would just take care of itself.
0: Where did that come from? How was that instilled into your life? I
1: mean, growing up, yeah, I know I grew up um, as what some people that are in that call, it, you know, pastor's kid. My parents were pastors. Okay. So I, I, I just grew up in that, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so my parents just had a very young age instilled that in us. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm grateful for that because there's a lot of principles that I've learned from that and have helped me, you know what I mean? But yeah, my parents, uh, I grew up in the church, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what it was my whole life, so... Mm-hmm. From a very young age, you know what I mean. It was really I saw that within my parents and saw how you know in the midst of their troubles and tribulations, they had their anchor. They knew what they can go to. Right. And so that was that was big for me because then I was like, okay, they, they set a precedent and knowing, okay, okay, then at least I have this. Then I know I can count on. Right. I mean, so yeah, my parents were very influential in that at a very young age.
0: Yeah, that's really cool because for me growing up faith or anything like that really wasn't introduced to my life until really until i moved back to sioux falls because i'm from here originally i lived out in vegas for eight to nine years and when i came back um you know in vegas we would some like very rarely go to like a sunday service or something like that but when i got back here to sioux falls i went to o'gorman which is a catholic school out here and it was just a complete change you know i'm starting to and going there i I had the mindset of, well, I'm already here, so I might as well right. learn it. But that was just my first experience with it. And uh, I think it's cool just the differences between somebody like you who grew up with always having that in their life and being able to rely on it. And then there's a lot of people that they don't get introduced yeah. to that for so long. Sure. And and then when they do, they may have different types of um, – thoughts on who that is to them you know and it's so different and so personal to each individual person i definitely highly suggest you find whatever it is that you believe in because when those times get tough and you have nobody to talk to that's the thing that's who you're talking to you know find a place for that in your life for sure yeah Yeah. because
1: i mean regardless of of where you're at and that is like i don't i don't feel that we were meant to do life alone Mm. you know what i mean And, Mm -hmm. and and when you have those there and you have that one thing that you go to, you know what I mean? Whatever that may be for me is, you know, my faith in, in that is like, I know that I have that there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so, yeah, no, that's, that's a good word. I love right. it. I love it. You know, going
2: off of that, I, I kind of think back to just growing up and different stages in my life and just how I always had someone that played a pivotal, yeah. you know, moment in my life or a pivotal time in my life mm-hmm. to be either a mentor or a role model. Um, whether it's my brother who taught me, you know, football yeah. and that gave me my career and inspiration to play football. My best friend's dad, who is my basketball coach, yeah. and he was kind of a father figure for me, you know, or my mom, you know, Diane, um, who taught me how to really control my emotions and how to break barriers like with myself and others by writing things down to yeah. really figure out myself. Yeah. Who would you say is a big role model for you?
1: That's one of the things, man, that I definitely wanted to talk about. I'm assuming everybody has said that that's one of their, their tips. Um, but, like, man, mentors and role models are huge in my life. Uh, huge, 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 huge. You know, I have three mentors. You know what I mean? And for me, they've been just so instrumental in my life. You know what I mean? One of them has been uh, my, my pastor, Another one is, um, he, he, also, he, he's a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his own company though. He, live, he lives here, but he is, his, his office is in, in Dallas, Texas. So he flies out. Okay. And so he's one of them. And then I named Astor Chambers. He was actually an exec at Nike. He was an exec at Adidas and he ended up with Apple. Mm-hmm. And now he's been man. He's been really mentoring. He was actually out here with us a couple, about a couple months ago, checking out the store and really helping us on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been very instrumental in my life. Um, and like I said, it's just been so cool to see how the pieces have come together. Yeah, um, but I can't stress it enough, and I'm glad you brought that up. Man, having mentors in your life is is, is so so important. And I think, especially you know, our generation, but even the younger generation, Gen Z, um, sometimes we can get in our way to think that we got figure it figured out. Yeah, we, we know it all. Yeah, yeah. And this and that, but please, I want to, I can't stress this enough, and I want to save you so much time, money, everything. Find yourself a mentor. I think there's so many people out there that want to help, and I think you know, finding a mentor in our lives. It's just huge. Mm-hmm. And if you need help doing that, whatever that may be, it's just just ask. but I think it's just so important that, that we find that one or two two people that can help us walk this journey, because man, I, when I started really figuring it out, I seeing like, yo, I can get the wisdom of this mm-hmm. guy that's been doing this for so long. It's going to save me so much headaches. Yeah. Right? so much, you know what I mean? It's like, yo, I want to I get that. And, but then into that, too, is like I remember at the beginning, I was like, yo, I was like, yo, I want to be a sponge, I want to be a sponge and just take it all in. Um, but then my mentor started helping with that. I was like, don't don't think about it just being a sponge. Because when you're a sponge, you take it all in. But what are you doing with it? Right. It just sucks it up. Right. It's like be more like a reservoir. Mm. You know what I mean? So I started thinking about it more. Okay, yeah, look, I, I want to take that in. But then how I, how is that coming out? Right. Nope. You know what I mean? Because nope. then how can I be that to someone? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but I can't encourage you and stress it now find a mentor that's huge in our lives
0: at what point in your life did those mentors really come into your life would you say
1: you know back home in california i, I had a mentor and I, and he still is but we just we're so far away um, i still link up with him uh quarterly you know what i mean and we link up and he, but he was very instrumental in in me realizing you know like making this move was the right thing for my family mm. he's the one that really sat me down you know a week or two you know before that move and because I was really stressing with it and really having a hard time with it. And yeah. I remember he really sat me down and helped me with that perspective mm-hmm. aspect and really helped me see it in a different lens. And and I can't thank him enough because um, that was a very pivotal moment in my life. You know as I mean? I was yeah. coming, and even though my wife wanted to come, even still like a week or two before we were going to move, I was set in my mind, we're not moving. We're going to stay here. <laughs> um, even though I knew this was the right thing to do, you know what I mean? And he really helped me with that. And And so I'd say, you know, early on, that was really – you know, beneficial. And I think yeah. there's, it's never too early to find a mentor. You no. know what I mean? I think there's so, like again, there's so many people out there that want to help. I think sometimes uh, as, yeah, as the younger people, we just got to lay down a little bit of our pride. Right. And, and just take that because they, they want to help.
0: Mm hmm. You know, I was going to say, well, you, you really just said it, I think, or answered my question. The question was going to be, what do you think attributes to the younger age people? And fighting that, and not yeah. really wanting to get that mentor.
1: We think that we know it all. We know a lot. Social media has played a factor in that. I always say social media is a very powerful tool. Tool. Yeah. Um. It's very powerful, and it can be used two ways: the good or the bad. You know what I mean? Right. But I think social media has also done a job. Then there's this instant gratification that I feel that uh, is really prevalent in, in our society right now. Yeah. I want it now. I want it now. That's why. And that's why you even see in you know, new products. Now you can lose weight in 10 minutes or this and that. Right. Everything is now, it's a microwave era. Mm. And if I, I want it now, and quick, you know what I mean? And it's like life right. doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? And so I think for us as the younger generation, even the younger generation, you know, younger than us, is to not think of it that way. Right. Not, you know, this instant gratification, that gratification that you get in the moment won't last. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So constantly thinking, okay, what's, gonna, what's really going to last? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, a lot of people want, they, they, they want, um, Freedom, but they don't understand that discipline comes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. separate those. Right. You know what? If you want that freedom, if you want to go and live it out, well, you need to be disciplined. Whether mm. that's your finances, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you need to you need to put the work in here, and this will come. Right. And so, for me, that's a big one too: is instant gratification, where we want it now. If I don't yeah. learn that now, like you know, what you see all these things, you can make money now this fast, and it's all over social media and TikTok, and yeah. you know what? I, I think that's. I go back to it's a, it's a powerful tool, it's, it's good, but it can also be bad because then now everybody's mindset is, yo, I can become a YouTuber overnight and I'll make right. all this money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, that, you know, you, no, that's not how that's it, really how it works. works. It's very few, you know what I mean? That's not how people put the work and the time into it. And I think that's why I think it's so important to find a mentor and really be intentional about that too, you know yeah. what I
2: mean? Yeah, I really enjoy exactly what you just said, especially playing off of that mentality of yeah. people saying that they just want it now, they want it now. And I mean each individual that we have on here, the the business owners, the um, entrepreneurs, you know, the leaders of the community and whatnot, they all have a story and they all have a journey, mm-hmm. of course, that they go through. Yeah. Like you just stated, I mean, in, in your story and in your journey, I mean you started off in SoCal, yeah. you know, and you moved to Sioux Falls. But during that process, you were a financial advisor yeah. you're a pastor yeah. and then now i mean you're a ceo and founder of preaches yeah. you know and so like that journey like most people where they think you just jump right into it and it just makes it it doesn't happen yeah. that way yeah. and you're living proof as well as every single individual that we have on here you know and so kind of going off that as well i wanted to jump into to what everyone knows you as is now as that ceo and founder of preaches yeah. you know what yeah. inspired you to build this business, to yeah. build this this platform for for everyone. I mean, especially even Sioux Falls. Yeah. Like you brought something huge here.
1: I've always been into streetwear and sneakers. Like I said, growing up how I did, I had to find my way of expressing that. Mm-hmm. So like I said, like I would I would remember I'd tell my parents, like, yo, like can you buy me these Jordans? And they're like, oh, we're going to go to LA and LA, they downtown LA, they have these things in Spanish. They call them callejones. They're alleys mm-hmm. where you get a swap, swap but it's like, everything's knockoff. Mm-hmm. So you got like, everything's knockoff right? for 10, five 20 bucks. Right. And so my, my parents would be like, you know, we can't, but you know, we'll go get these over here. So, you know, I'd always be rocking the freshest Jordans, but they were all knockoffs. You know, right. I mean? So from the very beginning, I was always into it. I mm-hmm. love sneakers and I love streetwear, uh, but I couldn't afford it, so I had to make it my own. And, and mm. to a certain extent, like, I was okay with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, was, I was content with that because I was just like, yo, they look like them. I, nobody know they do right. You know what yep. I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I just lived that up. And so for me, it's like I've always enjoyed that. I've always been passionate about that. Like, moving to Sioux Falls, like, when I moved here, I was like, yo, there's none of that here. You know, and and for me, like I had been reselling sneakers and streetwear apparel for like five, six years now. Mm-hmm. Just doing it from home. And I remember, you know, my wife was finally like, yo, like you have too much inventory in the house. You need to figure something out. You know what I mean? Then when the pandemic happened, some things just kinda clicked and, and you know certain opportunities came about where we're like, yo, like, something's missing here in Sioux Falls. And um I've always I've always said, you are know, like be that change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, okay, we don't, every time I would go on vacations, I always make it a point, I'm going to go to these stores because I don't have that back in Sioux Falls. So I remember talking with my brother and, and a couple mm-hmm. of friends and my wife. I'm like, yo, like, what if we did this here in Sioux Falls? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what if what if we brought this to Sioux Falls and gave people an experience? I'm big on experiences. My mentor told me, people will not remember what you tell them, but they remember how you made them feel. Yeah, And so... For me, I'm huge on giving people an experience, how to people experience things. And so I'm like, yo, what if what if we did something and provided something for people that, you know, they experience when they go on vacation? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Why not? Going back to what we are talking about earlier, why not here in Sioux Falls? Yeah. And so for me, that was a big thing that I took on. It was like, yo, I believe that we can do something special here in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And, and here's Sioux Falls. We're like about a year and a half, two years behind fashion trends. Mm-hmm. So we knew that, yo, know, we would be coming in at the right time to really kind of help shape, where cultures going here in Suffolk South Dakota. For sure. You know what I mean? And through that, you know, we were able to link up with Tyler and some other guys that are, you know, killing it in the community with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and so yeah, for us was a big thing of like I was always been into streetwear wearing sneakers and I'm like, okay, what now let's why don't we just really and I'm always big on really wanting to make an impact. I've I'm yeah. always been taught that from the very beginning. So I'm like, yo, if I can take what I'm passionate about and do something with it within our community why not? You know what I mean. Right. And yeah. offer that to people here in Sioux Falls. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So that was that was a big big thing. Love it. Yeah, that's
0: dope. Yeah. Tell us about the sacrifices, man. The sacrifice that it took to even get this thing up and running. Yeah,
1: bro, pe- people don't know, man. It's funny. Like my brother and I, and even Tyler, we talk about it all the time. But we were, there's there's so much that went into us even opening preaches that people don't even know. But first and foremost, like I said, so I, I came off staff where I was at my church um january 2022 or 2023 right now. yeah january 2022 we were in the process literally in january the first week of january to buy a new home mm-hmm. and we had the paperwork and everything and we we're gonna buy a new home long story short it was a mess we got out of that
0: mm-hmm. ended
1: up selling our house and then we moved downtown in march and then, boom, we opened our store. Wow. So, like, I remember talking with my wife. There was so much going on. I just, boom, you know, like, came off, uh, you know, stable career, blah, blah, church, you we know, getting salary, all that. you know, being well taken care of there. Right. And then now going to, like, yo, we're going to sell our house and, uh, you know, I'm going to do business. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and, and, I, and I can't say it. I can't <laughs> say it enough, man. Like, having, you know, my wife has been so supportive. That's yeah. huge, you know. She's always believed in, in me and my number one cheerleader, and always been supportive. And so sometimes I can't believe how much she. And she I'm like, I'm crazy, and you still believe this, you know? I mean? <laughs> right. But yeah, so you know, we sold our house and then we moved downtown. Because the reason why we moved downtown too, I was like, I want to be a part of the community that we want to impact and we want to mm. be. Mm. I want to be there. I want to be immersed in it. I don't. I don't want to be just like an outsider coming in. And, and what I mean by that is just like I just felt like yo, know, my heart was always to open a store downtown. So I'm like, if I'm gonna be downtown, I wanna be in that community. I wanna visit the restaurants. I wanna be a part of the community mm. there. I wanna be in the coffee shops there. Because I was noticing I used to live and we had a nice house in the southwest side of town, but I rarely got downtown. I right. rarely went downtown. And so I told my wife, like, okay, like let's let's try this out, leaving downtown for a year, see how it goes. We're we're right there close to, you know, where we're gonna have the store. And it's been awesome, you know. So that was that Man. was a big sacrifice, you know. I'm like, yo, like I just sold sold our house. And what if this doesn't work? What right. if this doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, we're like but I'm gonna tell like, okay, we don't have a plan B. Like, we're our money, our savings, we're investing it in this. This Man. is this is all in here, right? You know, we took with my wife's not 401k out. This is where this is it all money in. You know, yeah, there's nope. no plan B. Like, we'll make it work somehow, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And so, so we got that, that, that hurdle. And the other one, and a lot of people don't know about this, and I don't like to talk about it much because. It's cool that people don't know it, like what we went through, but it's a cool story. So long story short, we were supposed to open the store July eighth, right? Mm-hmm. That was July eighth of twenty twenty two. A week before that, so the the, the weekend, the Fourth of July weekend. So it was a weekend before that. I I was going, I was on my way to a meeting, but I was like, yo, I'm just gonna stop by this the store, see how they, they should have been finishing it up. The contractor was like, yo, yeah, like. Um, He's like this weekend, the weekend before you guys open. You should be able to get the keys of the warehouse, so you can start bringing stuff, inventory in mm-hmm. and during the week. Set up the showroom, blah blah blah. It's all good. And so I get there Friday at ten, and I used to go pick up the keys. And the foreman was there, and um, and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, y'all Yo, just you know come and pick up the keys, just so we can see when we can start moving things in into yeah to the warehouse. And then he's like, oh yeah, you can pick up the keys July 11th. Hmm. For a second, I thought he was joking, so I started laughing. I'm like, oh, you're funny, blah, blah, blah. He's <laughs> a stern face. Nothing. Like, he's serious. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, okay, this guy is serious. Like, He's not laughing with me. Like, what's what right, going right. on? Right, right. And I'm like, yo, bro. you." Like, <laughs> so we were opening July 8th, but then July 7th, we had a friends and family event. Mm-hmm. Had people that were, flit- they already had bought tickets. They were flying in. A dude that did, our, a mural was coming in. A dude that did a paint, like a lot of people were coming in flying in. Yeah. For this, they had booked flights, tickets. For Mm. the friends and family, which was it's going to be Thursday, July eighth was a Friday, right? So I'm like, yo, like, and we had digital billboard, we had a digital, we had a camp marketing campaign to everyone, spent a lot of money. Yeah, we're opening July eighth, and I'm like, yo, we're opening July eighth, like that's where we had talked about, you know, with the contractor. Long story short, there was a miscommunication between the contractor and the. And the and but I want to say, you know, they they've been so gracious. They've been amazing. They were amazing yeah. with us. Like, they did a beautiful job.
2: Mm-hmm. You know yeah, it's mean? a dope spot. A
1: beautiful job. They killed it. I recommend them all day. They're dope. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that. And one thing that my mentor always told me: you you can never over communicate, but you can definitely under communicate. Yeah. So I took that as an experience. I'm like, yo, like I could have over communicated that. You know, right. what I mean? I'm always trying to learn too. Is like I don't want to be putting the blame, but like, yo, what could I have I've done better? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so. I wanna make sure I make that clear. They're, they're amazing. You know, the contractor's been so yeah. great and they, they did a dope job and they, they kill it. Right. So then we're like, all right, well, you know, we're gonna meet with the contractor, we gotta make it happen. That that weekend and so it was fourth of July weekend, everything's closed. Right. Right. So we're <laughs> like, we can't get anybody to work this week and then Monday was fourth of July, so Monday was closed and nobody's working Monday. Right. You know, we're like, Oh, this ain't happening. If you if you would have seen the store that Saturday, you would not believe, you're like you. There's no way in chance that you're opening. No wow. way. So we meet early Saturday morning. The whole team we meet at the store. And We meet with the contractor. We're like bro, yeah, he, uh, he was wanting to work with us and do everything he had to do, but there was just nobody to nobody working.
2: Yeah.
1: So in that, I have a buddy that he sells designer clothing and designer bags and all that. Well, the big thing that was missing was the floor wasn't epoxied and uh, mm-hmm. and, and and all that, and that was a big thing. Uh, so then they can go ahead and paint and do everything else. Yep. Um, yep. He used to do epoxy for ten years prior to that. Wow. So I hit him up. I'm like, "Yo, um, we're gonna epoxy this floor this weekend." And he's like, "Bet I'm, I'm on my way." He got there in an hour. let <laughs> So long story short. So now is that something? It just gets crazier and crazier. Everything's closed. We we can't find anywhere to to rent equipment, buy this and that. So finally, Saturday, like at ten at night, he a buddy that he used to work with. He finally got a hold of him because um, he was out of town for 4th of July. He's like, yeah, go pick up the equipment at my house, blah, blah. So we went to go pick up the equipment, and we're there, dude. We're there, like, till like, 3, 4 in the morning Saturday working. You know what I mean? Sanding, and then it, it was like, I was Damn. like, yo. I remember, like, that night. I woke up that morning, and I woke up with a stress rush in my eye. Just my so stress <laughs> wow. and everything's going Damn. on. I'm like, yo, we got to open the store this week. <laughs> so then all day Sunday, we're, we're going ham. And so the store needed the store needed to be ready for the painter to come paint Tuesday because mm-hmm. the last they needed to epoxy the floor and paint everything else and we did everything was going right. to be go. right. So we needed the store needed to be dry. The floor needed to be dry Tuesday morning at, at ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. So we we've epoxied. We, I mean we haven't epoxied yet. We we did everything else that you need to do, and now the epoxy is it's easy. You know, just got to lay it. That's the easiest part. It Doesn't take that mm-hmm. long. Sunday, we, the only place I was open was Menards, so we went and bought, bought the epoxy and everything there. And Monday, we're like, guys, we, we actually are actually probably going to make this. You know, we're <laughs> like, we're working our butt off at this. And by hobby, he's getting all the epoxy ready, and he, he gets on his knees and he opens the first one, and he has dreads, and all I see is his head go like this, and then dreads just come down. Like I felt in me, I felt so defeated. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew what was going on. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yo, what happened, bro? What happened? And he finally looks at me and he's like, I got the wrong stuff. Oh fuck. Now this is Monday <laughs> oh at eight fifteen. Menard's closes at eight.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so we're like, yo, we're done. Dude. We're <laughs> done. Like this you know what I mean? That was our only hope. Well, long story short, the guy that let him borrow the, the equipment, he had a whole bunch of epoxy. Like, oh, so we wow. finally got a hold of him, like, at 10 at night. He's like, yeah, go to my house, pick it up, and, you know, we'll give you, we'll pay for it or whatever. Yo. We finally got the epoxy, so we're epoxying. The, the, th- the thing that saved us was the epoxy that he has, a really good epoxy that dries up in, like, two to three hours. Oh, wow. Late night on Monday. So <laughs> when the painter came at 10 a.m., it's good was, ready yeah. to go. And so people, you, know, tell you like people don't even know, you know, the work that we had to do, literally – Blood, sweat, and tears. We joke around. We say, yo, we do this now, too. You know what I mean? If you ever need your where's epoxy, we got you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That experience. Exactly. (laughs) But like
1: I said, like, and I I tell that story is the reason why is to say, like, yo, like, when you found what your purpose is and what you've been called to do, you'll do whatever it takes to see that Mm. through.
0: That's facts.
1: You know what I mean? And we all knew, like, everybody bucked up. It was for the July weekend. We did. My brother did. Tyler did. My buddy, that you know, that had been doing boxing, like yo, we're here, mm-hmm. and and for me, like I'm just indebted to them in that because man, they they believed in that in the vision, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Well, they sacrificed their time with their family and this and that to see this through and make it happen. And for me, that's a that's a thing that I'll say is Atlanta. Whatever you feel like you're being called to do. You know, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be th- things don't always go your way. You yep. Know? Mm-hmm. And you guys know that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The stuff never goes their way, especially as an entrepreneur, or business owner. Things don't go. Yep. And I wish in in a, in a ideal world everything just works out. Mm-hmm. You know, perfectly. It, it, yeah. It, it didn't, and you know what I mean. So these are those are things that you know when you feel when when you're called to do something. You know, I'm passionate. This is what I'm going to do. You know, be prepared. There will be obstacles, but you'll be able to get through it.
0: Right. You know mm-hmm. what
1: I mean. You have those people there with you you'll be able to get through that and see it. And I think that makes everything a lot more for us. When we look back at that, we we value it a lot more. Yep. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, we literally put our blood, sweat, and tears into this. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? To make it happen and to see it through. And, and for us, you know, we're very proud of that. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, yeah, th- those are some obstacles that we had to, you know, endure <laughs> in the process of, 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 you know, opening preaches. Man, yeah. well
0: thank you for sharing that because yeah that's that's crazy and that that's how it was kind of not to that extreme of course but when we were starting this it was like, it felt like almost one thing right, after yeah, another exactly. and you're like knocking them down and when you actually well let me ask you what was that feeling that first day you guys opened up oh, the store oh
1: you know, it was a blast i remember i started crying bro just seeing the people lined up there was like 40 to 50 people outside the store we hadn't even mm. opened yet yeah. Right. You know, and, and the funny thing funny thing about that, and this was goes to that, you know what I mean? Like so I had ordered a, a mirror for the store and I had to go pick it up at Walmart I had mm-hmm. to pick it up the day of long story short, sure they got the wrong one.
0: <laughs> of course, they right? The wrong, <laughs>
1: I ordered the right one and it they said they had it in stock and they gave me a different color one. Mm-hmm. And so my somebody went to go pick it up and they brought it to the store and I was all frustrated and mad. And it was a good this was a good moment for me to check me and to challenge me. My brother wanted to go pick it up, and he brought the mirror, and I was just frustrated. I'm like, yo, we're going to, have to open the store here in, in an hour, and they got us the wrong mirror. And when I went to go put the mirror, so they had painted everything, but whatever it was there before, they had taken the stickers off, but they had wording there that the indent was still there. Mm-hmm. So if you look close enough, and I'll show you when you guys go to start Show, you. when you go close enough, you see what it says. hmm and as I'm putting the mirror there, being frustrated and stressed, literally what, it, what the sticker said is, don't stress the small things.
0: Oh, wow. gosh. <laughs> That's them signs. Yo, I was like, right. I
1: remember, like, bro, it was a moment because I was so mad and stuff. Wow. And I, and just, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And when yeah. I, as I'm putting the mirror right there, it says, don't stress the small things, bro. I was just like, I started tearing up. I'm I'm like, yo, like, you know what I mean? That was, that, that really taught me a lot in that moment of, yeah, literally not stressing this. It's a mirror. Yeah. Right. Figure it out. And we still have that mirror to now. We're rocking with that mirror, but that, that taught me a lot in that moment. You know what I mean? Of knowing that, you know, things are going to come. Yeah. Things are going to come. It's, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not a matter of if they will, it's life. You know, we, we go through life in these seasons and there's ups and downs. There's good seasons. There's bad seasons. Right. And I think is knowing that yo and the thing that helps me keeps me moving forward is when I'm in those low seasons, it's, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's just the season. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, that was that was a funny thing.
0: That's big too.
2: Tell us about your your partnerships. It's, yeah, you know we've been reading up on you and whatnot, and it, it seems like you guys have come a long way in a year. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: that, that, that's a big thing that we you know we even talk about most our team like you know the the things that we've been blessed to do and partner with only being now just about to be a year into it doesn't really happen that much you gotta you know build into that this and that but man people have really believed in us and and championed us and really just given us opportunities and really you know taking a chance on us and we're just forever grateful for that but one of the bigger uh, partnerships that we have is with the Sky Force Um, that's been really really dope partnership to to be a part of and um, the team out there has just been so welcoming Hmm. you know what I mean and it's been cool because for us and like I said for us is we don't just want to be known as a sneaker store. Mm-hmm. Even even in that, when people ask me, what do you guys do, or this and that, like, and we're still figuring what that wording is or whatever one would say, yeah. but we don't just want to be known as a sneaker store. For us, is we really want to make an impact in our community mm-hmm. by doing what we're passionate about. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. And so within that, we we really want to partner with everything that encompasses culture. Right. You know what I mean? So we had that opportunity with the Sky First. We are like, yo, this goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's been a beautiful partnership, and it's been dope to see what's going on. We have some really cool things that we're going to do um, this this coming season. I can't say too much on that, but yeah. uh, we're going to partner up, and we're going to do a sneaker convention together. Oh, so nice. that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. That's going to be nice. dope. We have some things coming down that That'll be in the fall. Just cool things like that. Then we partnered with um, a good friend of mine whose name is Dom. He owns a barbershop shop in uh, Rapid City. Okay. Called Sixth Throne. Yep. They're killing out there.
2: Dom cut it. He yeah. used to cut, cut my hair. Okay. Shout out to Dom. There you go. Yep. <laughs> he used to cut my hair. I was I was one of his first so in are you his from apartment. Or what? And oh, we lived out there though. Oh, we lived bad, out there bad. for three years. Okay. Yep.
1: Well then you know yeah. Oh yeah. And he's yep. come a long way, man. Yep. He, he has. Been, he's been killing it, man. He's been he's been killing it, and so that was another partnership that we that we did and it was just cool how we got connected in that and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they've come out here and they've used our shop to you know cut cut hair and stuff like that and then we've gone out there and done a pop-up and stuff like that oh, and oh, so, that's really cool yeah just to really build that that you know that that partnership and another thing too is there's this sense of it's the east versus the west when it comes to south dakota you know what I mean? right. like, <laughs> the yep. so we're like yo that'd be cool you know coming together and doing that and here at the end of July, we're doing we're because of the partnership that we have, and and Dom's been just man cheering us on. Um, we're doing this barber convention in Denver oh, wow. called Rumble at the Rockies. That's a dope thing. It's a big convention that it's a barber convention, mm-hmm. um, but they asked us to be there. Wow, and we're going to be the only sneakers store there. Let's go. So it's just been cool to see these partnerships and things come because we're really we want to impact the community. We want to involve other you know, things that are part of the culture and things like that. So for us, we're always open to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just doing different things like that. And, and so we're just really excited with, you know, what we're doing with that. And we're partnering with a couple other people that are going to be coming on board here soon. And we're going to do some cool things with them once we have that finalized. You know, I can talk more about it. But we got some mm-hmm. cool things coming up. That's awesome. And our heart in that has always been to, yeah, really partnering, you know, with with people that are killing it here in the community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Early on, I was like, yo, we, we need a partner and do this and that. and. And But then, I mean, you know, my community and the people that are really speaking to my life were like, yo, like, that's cool and all that, but what about the people here in the community yeah. that are here? And that really helped change my perspective, and I go back to having those mentors, those people that will challenge you. That helped me so much. I'm like, yo, yeah, there's a lot of great creatives and people here, great programs, organizations. Why don't you partner here? And so um, that's really been our focus. You know, we were really going to partner with a big um, company that does sneaker conventions around the world. Uh, but they're global. And so we're like, yo, we'll, we're scale down and really work on here first. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when we started doing that, these opportunities came about. So yeah. like I said, everything always works itself out for the good. But for us, is we're trying to be intentional about who we partner with, how we do it. Yeah. And, and talking about it with my brother, and I think, I mean, you guys probably tested this too. Is like, For me, is like, I want to impact the community to show other people that look like me. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I can do this too. Yep. You know, I, I grew up really having nothing, you know what I mean? And so for me to be like, yo, if I can do this, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, that that's huge. Like I said, I don't just want to be a, another owner in Sioux Falls. Like I really want to impact our community. Mm-hmm. And, and I want people to see that, and I want kids that are younger than me that come into the store that, you know, somebody that looks like me or us can do this as well. Yep. You know what I mean? And so for me, going back to what is what's that legacy that I'm leaving?
0: You know what I mean? It's
1: so that's huge for me because when I think too, also when we think about legacy, we think, oh, when I die, I know the legacy starts now. Right. That's huge on me. You know what I mean? Especially with, with certain things that have happened here in Sioux Falls. I want to really be a, a voice to that. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's a big thing that keeps me going yep. and really wanting to be a partner with the communities here and the people that are really wanting to be a part of it in the community. Oh, so, yeah. yeah.
0: I think that is amazing because that's really what we're doing as well. With just trying to, you know, shine light on people like you and, and Bobby and just everybody that we've had on here. It is focusing here because like you said, there's amazing people here yeah, sure. that are doing amazing things. Um, so I can't agree with you more on that. And I think that's really where people will start to see that. And I think people will start to be more of themselves. People will start to hop out and jump out the window with it and go all in on what they want to believe or what they do believe in and stuff like that. So I think that's really awesome. I wanted to ask you the question of, you know, your brother is involved with your business Mm -hmm. as well. And for me, family is very important. I have a very close knit family family. And why is that important for you to have family involved in the business?
1: For me, especially I can go back to that's how I was brought up, you know, and still that, you know, family's everything. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to go um Toretto on everybody, but family's everything. You yeah. know what I mean? And so for me, it was like, I know, know that because I've seen the other side of the coin too, when family, you hear a lot of people say, don't get in business with your family. Yeah. But I think a lot of it goes to the, the relationships within that and Early on, my mentors stress this to me in everything, regardless of who it is. I always set clear expectations. Mm. You know what I mean? Because then that's good on your end and on the other person's end.
0: You know right. what I mean?
1: So for me is knowing that I got family because I was just talking to my brother on the way here. It's like, I know that my brother has my back regardless you right. know what I mean? And he's going to see it through. He's he, he believes in the vision. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm rocking with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know if I called him around, yo, we need to go do this. He's there. Right. You know, so for me, family, family is big. We got to go back to the legacy. And like, I always think about, like, for me, opening preaches, even early on when people would tell me, like, who's the owner of preaches, like, I'd be like, I don't even like saying that because right. I'm not big into titles. Mm-hmm. But for me it was like I've always want preachers to be a platform for others. I always want that to if that's a stepping song for you to do your thing and then parry let's do it. Let, I wanna champion you and right let's up. get you in that. You know what I mean? So for me, family's big. One of my mentors just told me before, he's like, you know, people say, Hey, you gotta keep your, your your circle small. Like I don't even have a circle anymore, I have a dot.
0: <laughs> but that right.
1: dot, I know that that dot's riding with you strong you're right. strong so I'd yeah. rather have those two three that are rocking with me than have the circle that somewhere no like we're, we're rocking you know right. we're, we're yeah. in it we're boom no questions and so for me family's huge even though the, the people that are on our team too that aren't necessarily blood related I see them as brothers you know Bobby yeah. was in my wedding back in California wow Bobby and I go way back uh, Johnny I've known for a minute. I see him as a brother. You know what I mean? Tyler, I don't even, yeah, he's one of my best friends. You know what I mean? Right. I I told him, bro, like you my, you're my brother. So to me it's like it's it's, it's family. You know mm, what I mean? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's so important. You right. know what I mean? And in the midst of that is I think where things get lost when you see families this and that is I think when if you honor people and you value people no matter who they are, it'll work out. Yep. And the more you honor and value them, the more they're going to fight for you. The more they're going to champion. The more they're going to want to make it, see it through. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that's that's been big for us, and from the get go, and the team has always known that. You know what I mean? And so it's been a cool journey to be able to to do this with my brother. Yeah. And see him flourish and and learn and grow and and really. Come into that you know, of what he does, you know. What right. I, mean? I admire that. Yeah.
0: So that's awesome, man.
2: And actually, before we go into that, our next part of our episode, there is a question that we ask every single uh, person that comes here. And we kind of hit on it early on in the episode and whatnot, but I just want to shine some light on it. And that's your perspective on what is overstepping poverty to you?
1: I was really thinking about that. It took me some time to think about that because, like I said, again, I didn't want to just give a generic. Answer to that. Mm-hmm. I want to be intentional with that, and for me, there's 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 different layers to that, but a big one in that you know you probably heard that saying you're a product of your environment. Absolutely. But you're a product of your environment until you change that environment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My, my manager facts. told me I'm like yo, because people you know because I believe that we can use that as a as a scapegoat. Right. Well, I'm yeah. a product of our environment. That's how I grow up. That's all I know. But yeah, mm-hmm. but you can change that. Yep. Yeah. You can change that environment, whatever that may be. Yeah. And so for me, like I said, overstep, overstepping, that that's what it means to me is I want to be that change. Like, yo, I want to see this change. We'll be that change yep. right? and inspire others to do so. So yep. early on when we were talking about overstepping poverty, it's not just the financial aspect, but there's so much. I'd rather not have a lot of money but be rich in this, be rich in relationships, mm-hmm. family, you know, health. You know what I mean? Because like I said, money comes and goes. So for me, overstepping poverty is really that to me is like, yo, like, I grew up a certain way. but That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's what I'm destined to do or be. Mm -hmm. I can change that environment. And I can change that. If I put my mind to it.
2: Yeah. Man, if we could just end the episode there and just mic drop right there, I'd love that. That was, I love that. But there's more. There's more. So now we want to actually open it up to our next part of our episode, what is called Roundtable. This is where you can ask us questions, things that you've thought of, uh, to of course ask Zacchaeus and I. So I want you to fire away.
1: Yeah, definitely. One, One question that I had, and this is, you know, for both of you guys, you know, as being. Well, and I even hate using this, but being, you know, minority in this community that we live in, you know, predominantly white, how have you guys dealt with certain situations that maybe have happened to you and still keep your eye on the ball, still keep your eye on the goal and not get distracted or or, or get thrown off because someone did this or said this? You know what I mean? Where, yeah, we'll address that and we'll do what we got to do, but you still keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. That makes sense.
2: I think it actually took me a little while. It took me a little while to really to grow myself mm-hmm. individually because I used to give everyone the power mm-hmm. and they would uh, I would allow them to change my entire day and I let I allowed them to control me, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. as I continued to grow a different perspective and and really just think of different things on how I don't want you to have any control anymore. I had to control my emotions on that. And so how that's worked for me is like, there's been plenty of situations that I have been in where I could tell that I'm being, I mean, discriminated against or even, or, or anything like that instead of, you know, just sitting and, and, well, sometimes I will confront it. I'm, I'm a man of many words and stuff. So <laughs> if I could put anything politically correct and confront you, you yeah. probably won't even know that I just confronted <laughs> you, but cause it may have went through past your head, but I guarantee if anyone else was around, yeah, they knew they exactly knew. what I was talking about. Sometimes it's turning the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just because they have that thought process and whatnot does not mean that they can drag me down with it's them, so you know? Cool. So, and, and the moment you give someone, that power, they yeah. have all control, and I, yeah. I ain't giving you that control. Right, that's so good.
0: Pass, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's good. I think for me, that's really the reason why we're here at this table. I was in financial services before as well. I was in New York Life oh. doing a lot of the same stuff. At New York Life, they had a thing that's called the Million Dollar Table, and it's where these high earners uh, earned over a million dollars or something like that. Well, i look, and it's a, a wall full of pictures, and every person on there was white. Mm every person i worked with was white yeah you know there's two ways that you can look at it you know you're gonna go through things and how you react is really ultimately just reflects back on you the most unfortunately but in that moment i'm like you know what i want to be on that wall you know i want to i want to be there i want to do that you know i'm no longer with them anymore but through that you know it it's about Really building your own table, sure. building yeah, your table what, if there's no seat for you. Right. You know, it's kind of like what you're doing and what you've done is you started something for yourself because there was a need here in this community yeah. and they didn't even know it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just ignorance um, being in a place like this where there is some prejudice and discrimination and stuff like that. But at the same time here in Sioux Falls, here in South Dakota, you can really make your life how you want it to be here yeah. absolutely if you're really dealing with a lot of that stuff pretty often i think you got to change who you're surrounding That's yourself with good. or where you're going you know That's what good. i mean because i personally i don't experience as it is as much and i don't know why maybe i'm re- i don't notice it but then again i don't feel like i'm always in the situation for that yep. to kind of present itself so yeah it's about who you surround yourself with i think
1: you probably heard that saying too, you know, you show me the five people that you're around mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll tell you who you are. Right? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that, that, that's so important. Yeah, the people that we hang around with. Yeah. It shapes us, you know, For it rubs sure. off on us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think that's that's good.
0: I guess I experienced it more when I first got back to South Dakota and went to O'Gorman is really when I experienced most of the discrimination or prejudice, I should yeah. say, more than any other time that I have lived in sioux falls you know and i think that was me going into a place where i can count on my on one hand how many people of color were there right yeah. i had people that had these preconceived notions on me because of because of the yeah. way i walked right? i'm yeah. like what do you even yeah. how does that even sound and what you wear right so it's like you know we're at o'gorman where all the kids are wearing sketchers you know i was wearing the the khaki air forces there you, go. you yeah, know what i'm exactly. saying and yeah. That's that little sauce. Now you go to a Now all the girls there got them dirty Air Forces on. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm Before saying? So it uh, yes. yeah. So you know it's it it's all about changing the culture, yeah. and that's exactly what we're doing. So yeah, I like that question. Oh,
1: that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's something that I've been just working through. You know what I mean? And especially in the spaces that I'm that I'm in now, and conversations that I'm having, it's that same thing. Like I see a lot of, and like I said, that's nothing to do with. I'm not trying to make it a race thing, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to, I want to be an example to people that look like me. Sure. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you, know, you can do it too. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yo, know, if I, I came from not pretty much nothing and and if I, and you can do something, you know what I mean? So for me, it's like, I want to be that example to the next one.
0: Yeah. You're the representation yeah, Absolutely, you absolutely. Know, to a growing community yeah. for sure. You have any other questions for us?
1: Yeah. And I had one more. You guys' respective areas of what you guys do, we kind of talked to hit this on a little bit at, um, before we started, but in your guys' respective careers, what are what are those things that you guys would say are challenges to that we can maybe you know what I mean overcome as as we mm-hmm. look to really look. I want to I want to be an example. I want to be this. I want to have an impact. What are those challenges in your guys' respective areas that you would say? Yeah, you know, you're faced with.
0: I think the biggest challenge for a lot of people in my area is just. A lot of times, people have a. Uh, fear or a problem with asking questions. A lot of times, people know that they need help, but they don't know how to ask for it or they're scared to even uh, take that step. So, a lot of what I do and a lot of what I pride myself on in the work that I do is getting those people off of the fence and into the driver's seat so they can start making those changes of buying a house. You know, and a lot of times, you know, I'll tell people, look, Put the application in. You know, if credit's messed up or whatever it is, we'll figure it out. It might not be right now, but at least you'll know moving forward that you have a game plan on the things that you need to do to get in good standing. So you can start to get out there and start building your life, right? So a lot of it is just helping people get over that initial fear. And oftentimes people think that they should know things that they've never been taught.
1: Right. The reason why, and I'm glad you said, because the reason why I asked that question is, I think sometimes, too, and I know that for a fact in like the Hispanic culture. If they don't mm-hmm. know something, they're not going to go Right. And try to, because they feel either, whether it's intimidated or they can't speak the language, mm-hmm. there's these barriers right. that mm-hmm. will automatically push them away from wanting to do something like that. And yep. that this can set them up for success and things like that where if they can't, speak the language or don't understand it they'd rather maybe not do it yeah Mm -hmm. and be like yo this would this can benefit you so much you know what i mean that's that's why i asked that question
0: when i was with new york life and i was selling life insurance i started to learn though a lot of the things that had happened in the past within that industry Mm -hmm. and it happened in the mortgage industry as well where people were discriminated against when it came to trying to go get life insurance or trying to buy a house even if they were qualified And that's deeply rooted. So a lot of it, you know, when I was at New York Life, and I see that everybody's white besides me, I don't always. I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as these Hispanics out here, these African Americans, these Africans that are out here. They need somebody to represent them. They need somebody that's gonna help them see those things or learn those things. And even if they don't get signed up, at least they're better aware of their options and those things out there for them. So. It's all about education and and getting people the knowledge that That's they good. need. Yeah. 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 What about you?
2: Honestly, it's the exact same thing. It's education. There's a challenge that I always see, you know, I'm in the in the car business and I think one big thing a lot of people usually like think of right away is that I mean, the car people in the car business are sleazy or or they're bad people, you know, like, oh, they're salesmen. They're just trying to sell me and whatnot. And some people do, um, unfortunately, have bad intentions. You know, unfortunately, there's not good apples in everything, you know, when it comes out there. But I know that every day that I go to work and whatnot, I'm there to teach. I'm there to teach not only my coworkers and help them learn, but I'm also there uh, to teach and help my customers learn, you yeah. know, um, I'm taking them, them through a process. I know previously I spoke on this in an episode, but I don't take my job lightly. There's there's one thing that people need, and that's transportation, that's because great. it's to either get to work to get yeah. put food on the table, um, either it's dropping your your kids off at school or daycare or anything like that. But it, it's a necessity, you yeah. know, when it comes to that. But also, uh, the big thing is just also teaching them on you know credit. It's, yeah. it's one thing that most people don't learn exactly. and, and it sucks. It's never too late, but sometimes it's so late that people give up, on yeah, it, you know, exactly. and that's what I'm there for. I'm I'm there to help and I'm there to really teach you exactly how to start from this process and move forward. And whether if you need help building it or you need help, I mean, really establishing and exactly. having that, that's what I'm there for, you yeah. know?
1: And, and I'm glad you say that because in the second part to why I asked that question was I look at it in the lens of like. If somebody was in my position and didn't know how to speak English or respond to it, like Mm -hmm. I'll be candid and I won't say I won't say where, but I had a interesting um, situation happen to me at a a dealership here in town. Okay, where you know my wife was there with me in LA, and it was it was obvious very obvious that. I was being discriminated, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I remember I was, I was starting to get really frustrated, but I quickly changed that perspective. Of like, yo, like, I got more sad than anything. And the reason why I was like, yo, if, if this was somebody else that couldn't defend themselves, couldn't yep. speak the language, couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, yo, like, how would how would have that have been? You know what I mean? Right. And, I, mm-hmm. and I really think through that because I was like, yo, I was in this position and I'm blessed enough to where... I can have the conversation. I can set mm-hmm. that straight where others can't.
0: Right. And yeah. sometimes
1: that can, can be like, yo, this happened to me once. I'm never doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm constantly thinking, yo, like how, how can we educate people? Right. And, and I don't say this in a negative way, but a lot of it just comes yeah, they're They're, they're illiterate and not knowing mm-hmm. things or the no, opportunities that they have or this and that. And, that was the reason why I asked that question because you know that happened to me recently. I'm like, yo, what would that, if that would have happened to somebody else? who yeah. doesn't know English or can't yep. understand the language, and I'm so I'm constantly thinking, okay, what are we doing to help and improve that? You know, yep. I no, mean? no, it's it's yeah. sad.
0: It's really sad. It actually, I had a realtor who reached out to me. She was having a hard time finding a Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. loan officer, yeah. mm-hmm. and by my appearance, she walks up to me. She starts speaking Spanish, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't speak Spanish. For her, her name is Andrea Morales. So if you are Spanish-speaking here in Sioux Falls, she's a great realtor to reach out to. At Cross Country Mortgage, where I'm at, we have a Spanish-speaking loan officer, actually. So I was able to connect them. And it was something where, obviously, I wanted the deals. She was getting a lot of deals. She was going to send me a lot of leads. And I'm like, you know what? That As much as I would love that and the money that would come with that, your clients definitely need somebody that's going to be able to communicate with them way better and that's not for me that's for the client because they deserve that they deserve the representation so you know it sucks you had to deal with that because it's it's really bullshit all right so i want to move
2: into our very final part of this episode um you've been given some some great knowledge great experiences you know providing uh to all of us and every everyone that's listening as well i'm sure sure is very appreciative of it um so what i want to do is i want to move into that last part I want you to give us, you know, five, your five tips, tricks, and hacks on how you'd help someone take the next steps in overstepping
1: poverty. No, definitely. And I just want to say something you know, to me, and I go back to that, you know what I mean? I think also mentors help you. Um, look smart because the <laughs> things that I'm saying are coming from me uh, it's right. me writing them for my mentors and I'm uh-huh. like this is good That's I got knowledge realize, exactly <laughs> I'm knowledge. like I want that knowledge I want to pull from that <laughs> yep. right. so yeah so I mean yeah definitely like for me and then these are things that I really live by honestly first one and I've said it and I'll reiterate again finding a mentor like if, you, if there's something that you you, you want to get better at you know what I mean one of my mentors always said and I always refer that he says you know what you're good at and what you're not good at surround yourself with those people that are really good at that mm-hmm. that's what good leaders do so find a mentor if there's something that you're passionate about whatever that is find someone in your community that is good at that mm-hmm. right and see it they, you know the worst that they can say is no you know clothes mouths don't get fed mm-hmm. you know yep. what I mean really go out there and, and put yourself in and I just have a quick story on that one of my one of my good friends he lives in he used to live in Dallas, he lives in Nashville now, and a big entrepreneur, he's killing it out there, and he wanted to get mentored by this multi-millionaire, blah, blah, blah. And he kept hitting him up, hitting him up, and the guy told him, okay, you really want to get mentored by me, right? Okay, bet, let's do this. And he's like, okay, meet me here tomorrow at four. And, you know, I go on my run at four, and then you can just join me, and then we go from there. Mm-hmm. And so my you know, guy's excited that he got, he's like, okay, he's at least going to let me going to run with him and right. kind of see where he goes but he's like I'm going to get mentored so he goes home and he's kind of like he's kind of like yo that means I got to wake up at 3 in the morning 3.30 because he's like I got to be there at 4 in the morning and right. this and that so he woke up he put his alarm at 3 he's like I'm not going to miss this I've been wanting so he, he gets to the guy's office he gets there at 3.45 like he wanted mm-hmm. to impress him be there three, three, you know 15 minutes earlier he gets there he's like you know he should be here any moment now he gets 4 he's not there 4.15 4.30 4 five and he's like, Yo, he's not here. He waited till like five thirty he wasn't there. So he went home, he sent him an email and and the and he's like, hey, I was I just wanna let you know I was there at three forty five but I didn't see you. I mean, you know, maybe we can link up another time. The guy messages him back. He's like oh he's like two things funny. He's like funny guy I meant at four PM But then he's like, but now oh, I know how serious you are about this. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, Shoot. and so for that's been one of his mentors, and you know what I mean, it's been dope. But that, you know that like when he told me that story, I'm like, yo, like going back to man, if if you're passionate about something, you're gonna do whatever it takes.
0: Thanks.
1: You know what I mean? You're gonna do whatever it takes to to be there and and make it happen, because mm-hmm. it's not just gonna happen. We don't have a genie in a bottle.
0: Mm-hmm. Like we gotta
1: make it happen. You know what I mean. And so, Action. for me, that, that's a, that's a big one. You know, finding a mentor. Another one that I want to talk about in um, my mentors, Vani from Think 3D. He when he, when he told me this, like this has always been stuck in my head. And, and I move I move in this. He's like, there's that, that, that difference between social currency and money finance. Yep. When we talk about currency, people quick go to finance. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's like, yo, money comes and goes. What's more important is those relationships. Right. That's gonna outweigh that. And so he's like when people tell he's cause he's like when I talk about currency, I'm not a lot of these like a lot of times I'm not even talking about money, I'm talking about social currency. Right. The relation who who am I building those relationships with? How am I moving in those spaces? And so for me that was huge. I think so many times too we can we think success, we think about money mm-hmm. and this and that. And I think it's going back to kind of shifting that mindset and that perspective, Perspective. it's not necessarily, the money will come and go. That'll, if you're doing the right things, taking the right steps, being disciplined, that will come. Right, right. But, man, those relationships with those key people, that's what's going to outweigh that. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? So for me, that's huge. When when we're thinking of that is don't just think of you know, the, the finance part of it. Think of the, the, those relationships that you're building. And how are you stewarding those relationships? Right. Because that's what's gonna help you in those moments. That's what's gonna take you there. You know what I mean? That's what's gonna help open the door, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to bigger and better things. So that, that's another tip is don't just be so quick to think about the financial aspect of right. things is those relationships, that social currency. Mm. That's been just stuck with me for the longest time. You know, the other one we kinda hit about it. You know, you you are the average of the five people you hang around with. So just man, be intentional about who you surround yourself with. Right. Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Why do I keep falling? It's okay, so I think a lot of the times we need to look in the mirror and then look and say, why, why are these things happening? Ask the questions. Why do I keep falling in the same, I keep making the same mistake, you know, these the same habits? Yeah. There's this book that I read, man, It's Changed My Life uh, by James Clear. And I think he was here last year, or, but it's called the book's called Atomic Habits. Yeah. I encourage everyone to read that book. It's life-changing was a New York bestseller. And what he talks about in there, he talks about, you know, uh, 1%. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody wants to get
2: better
1: 100% all the time. And he's like, people want to go from A to Z. They think it's just going to be a straight shot and yep. I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you got to set those attainable goals that are going to get you to where you need to be. Yep. So he's mm-hmm. like, so if you get better, if he's like, if I make a commitment to get better 1% every day, at the end of the year, I got better 365%. Yeah. So he's like, I think everybody can get better 1% a day. Right. You know, so for me, is that's another tip: is really look at your life, and if you feel like you're you're in this funk, you're in this rut, and that things aren't changing, really look. Okay, who are those people that are surrounding with you? Are they uplifting you? Are they are they challenging you to be better? Are they holding you back? Like I won't touch a lot on this, but you can. That's very evident when you see the situation with John Morant. Mm -hmm. The people that he has that he's surrounded with are are not wanting to look in his best interest because if they would, they'd be encouraging him, challenging him. Yo, yo, you need to quit that. Look what you're about to give yep. up. Look, look. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. So it's like, man, when you think you have the bag, you can lose it so quick because of the people that you man. have around you. Yep. That's you fair. know that's The bag's never secured. You can mm-hmm. lose it if you don't have the right people around you. Mm-hmm. So I think for that is, man, if, if, if I know that this is where I want to go, do I have those people that are in my life that are going to help me get there? That's why I said I don't have a small circle anymore. I have a dot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Because right. I, I, I can't afford to have these distractions. Mm-hmm. So when I have that dot is I have those people that I know that are riding with me, that believe in me, that will not only encourage me, that will challenge me mm-hmm. Right. that they'll hit me up and they have the permission to be like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. You're acting up. You know what I mean? And, but, they have that permission because we've built a relationship. Nope. You know what I mean? So for that, that, that's huge for me is those people that you surround yourself with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The other one is you really serve your community. I think a lot of the times, too, is we, we think about, yo, I want to make this impact, and we think that it has to start with the biggest impact that I can make in Sioux Falls. Right. But it's, it's those small things that we might think are insignificant that are significant mm. because then you create that habit. Mm-hmm. Create that habit. Okay, well, Why don't you start small first? Because mm-hmm. you might, you're going to bite into this and it's going to be too much for you right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Start small. Just go serve the community, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You, you can't miss that. There's so many opportunities, so many nonprofits here, so many things that you can do to go and serve your community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And start building those habits, start building those relationships and get into that. I, I can't stress that enough is when my mentors kept reiterating that. And it's funny because all of my mentors in that season that I was in kept hitting the same thing. They don't even, mm. some of them don't even know each other. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? You know, what I mean? they're <laughs> kind of telling me the same thing. Yep. There's probably some truth to this, right? And so those are the things that they, you know, would reiterate. So, man, I just encourage you go and just serve, man. whatever that looks like in any capacity. There's so many things that we can do to serve our community. You know, what I mean, that don't take a lot. That not, and also, not everybody needs to know. So if you're gonna go serve, doesn't there's some times where it warrants and it's good to do. But not every time you need to get a a shot, you know, take a picture, put a selfie. Look what I'm I'm – you know what I mean? Right. Just do it out of the heart. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And and just see, so many times I've done things like that that I go with the mindset that I'm going to bless someone – and in return I'm the one that I'm feeling blessed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so it, it goes back to that 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 shift in the mindset. And I think the fifth one would be and this one's been big for me because I'm not still working process. And I think we all are. As humans as, as human beings, we can be selfish and prideful. Mm-hmm. But the thing the big one, I remember when my mentor was challenging me, he said, get people to be interested in you and not impressed. Mm. So many times we want to impress people with what we do. Hey, look what I'm doing! Or I ask somebody, Hey, how are you how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. And sometimes people wear that like a badge of honor, Right. Mm-hmm. where you can be busy and not be doing anything and not be productive. Right. So right. even in that, I catch myself now when somebody asks me that, I don't, I don't say I'm busy anymore. You know what I mean? Because I try to be intentional with what I'm saying and speaking out. But it's because like, I can be busy and do nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I That's mean? Real. And so, so for me, there's like it started changing that. I, I yeah, I don't I don't want to impress anyone. You know what I mean? But how can I get you interested? Mm-hmm. Because then it goes back, there's the relational aspect there, there's more intention there. Mm-hmm. Start asking so, questions. So yeah, exactly. Right. There you go. No, don't try to make statements, but ask questions. Right. That's yep. what makes people interested because and that was big with my mentors too, because and they, they can sniff it out. You know, like early on when I was young and I had my first I was trying to impress them. Oh, I did this, I did this, and they're like, okay, you know what I mean? You're not gonna right. impress me. Yep. And so that's when they were trying no, I want to be interested. Yeah. Ask So that's really ask questions, ask mm-hmm. questions. And I think that that's huge. I think, you know, whatever those things, I think they will help you be successful in whatever it is that you want to do in life. Yep. You know, that's why our motto at Preaches is, is a practice what you preach. People ask me, what does that mean to you? I've always wanted that to be a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. So for us, it, it really just is that is, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about, whatever that may be, just make sure you're living it out. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in, in this society nowadays that... Just talk about it, but don't live it out. So whatever Mm -hmm. that is that you're talking about, just make sure you're living it out and be consistent with that in life. I think nowadays people want authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing that we're lacking in this world because of Mm -hmm. that. We talk about it, but we don't live it out.
2: Well, there you guys have it. The five tips, tricks, and hacks and how to overcome... You know and overstep poverty those those levels of success we appreciate that so much and um as we're appreciative of the knowledge that you've brought on to the episode here we're appreciative of you just being well, here you, you know um so thank yeah. you so much thank you for talking about preaches and your life journey whatnot so yeah. i know we are as well as our our viewers are very lucky to have you have you in here
1: i'm honored to be here you guys are you guys are killing it in the community and i Low key, talk to you guys and just say well, what <laughs> you guys are doing. You guys are killing it, man! And so I went, when when I got the opportunity to do this, I was you know I was blessed. It was like we were in Florida this past weekend and we were supposed to get back Sunday night. Our flight got delayed and we didn't end up leaving until yesterday night. Mm. And it almost got delayed again. Damn. And I was like, nah, I don't want to miss this. We were going to get back and we figured it out. But uh, I've been man I'm honored to be a part of this and Appreciate what that. you guys do inspires me to keep doing and, yeah. and just trying to have an impact in our community
2: love that i appreciate that man. yes For real. well there you guys have it daquan brooks and zakiya shaw and we'll see you guys next time on overstepping poverty Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.